Welcome into another Daily Wager Extra podcast. We're taping this on Thursday morning, December 2nd. Yes, the calendar has turned to December. Last week was Wednesday ahead of Thanksgiving, so we're back in our usual time slot. Mr. Executive Director John Murray will be joining me momentarily. We're going to go basically through chronological order, and we're going to wrap the uh, NFL discussion up with the biggest game of the week, perhaps. Patriots visiting the Bills. The line's between two and a half and three, so we'll see which side the house is weighing in on and where he and I are on the same side in this game. So for the second straight week, we like the same play, uh, or maybe the second time in three weeks, I should say. But anyways, that's the big game. We'll end things there, and then, of course, we'll get back into the bonanza as well. So an active card to break down straight ahead. Kicking is for losers. Back now with Mr. Executive Director John Murray. Murray, we had a Prince of Props cameo a week ago Mm -hmm. and uh, did not go as some of the other uh, props have gone. Yeah, he went one and one, though, because he he yeah. he was he was he was very defeated after the first play loss. <laughs> but then uh, the the magical combination of whatever he was uh, sipping on, I think, at his Thanksgiving get together, he fired back on the night game, and I believe it was an easy winner. Wasn't it Josh Allen under completions? Yeah, I think so. And the uh, it was either completions or pass attempts, but either way, Buffalo had such a significant lead, they really didn't need to put the ball in the air in the second half. So that was a that was a good pick. All right, well, good for him to bounce back in that. And obviously, Thanksgiving, I would imagine, was a good night, good day for the house. But probably the Bills game hurt. But you guys got it. Must have gotten there with the Cowboys uh, losing on the money line, and even that Bears Lions game was couldn't have been good for the public. Yeah, we can call it bouncing back. Some people call that chasing and getting away with it, but you want to call it bouncing back. That's fine with me. We did we did well on Thursday. You're right. We've had one of the things that really carried us through November was we did very well on a lot of these prime time games, a lot of these uh, these island type games, and, and and Dallas and and the Raiders was one of the best ones. The Raiders won the game outright in overtime, and it, it was a great result for us. We had a similarly great result a few weeks earlier when San Francisco beat the Rams. We had a great result when Miami beat Baltimore. That was a Thursday night game. So some of these Thursday-Monday games in November really carried us, and Thanksgiving was no different. Very good result for us. All right, well, let's turn the page to this week, week 13, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Dallas and New Orleans are uh, tonight's showdown. This line is steamed up. Cowboys, significant favorites. We do not have Mike McCarthy on the sidelines. I'm not sure what kind of a <laughs> big point spread shift that will be, yeah. but the coordinators yeah. will each well, be there. Each coordinator will be there for Dallas. How do you – how do you update them like that when you've got – or upgrade them, excuse me, when you've got Dan Quinn stepping in? I mean, is Dan Quinn really an upgrade over anybody, even Mike McCarthy? I, I'm not sure about that. So th- th- I, think the, I think the line move that you're seeing now in this game has more to do with some of the injury information we're getting this morning, specifically around uh, Alvin Kamara and, and uh, Amari Cooper. Those two guys, uh, their, their status uh, changes this game a little bit for sure. And two things for New Orleans, too. Their uh, tackles not expected to play. We'll see. I mm-hmm. think we're going to still – they're still questionable, I believe. And uh, Taysom Hill gets the start. Yeah. Uh, we've seen the total tick- trickle down a little bit as well. I think that makes sense. I think Saints got a little little aggressive with the Simeon. Once he took over for Jameis, they were letting him sling it around. That, that got out of character for them. So I think they're going to bring in the oars a little bit. I lean under here. The number's – Numbers got inflated a bit, but I want no part of the Saints without Kamara. They should bring in the oars a little bit because the strength of their team is their defense. Right. This isn't the 
this isn't the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era Saints teams that were going to NFC Championship games, Super Bowl many years ago. This is a defensive, defense first team. So that is the appropriate way for them to play this game. And we have had, we have had this total bet down from 47.5 to 46. The action on the side is kind of back and forth as the numbers moved around quite a bit off the injury information. Uh, right now, we do need New Orleans, but not for a very significant number. Nothing like what we saw last Thursday. I see one six and a half at Circa. Do you think you'll t- uh, go up a little bit? It, it would depend on who's betting us, because uh, right now there's no there's no real uh, significant decision on the game. So the only thing that would make us move off of this number right now would be respected money in the marketplace. Either way. Okay. All right. Okay, let's go to Sunday, and this is an interesting stat I uh, just read, um, thanks to ESPN mm-hmm. Stats and Info. We have five road favorites of at least seven points. If that holds true, that will uh, tie a week in 2014 for the most uh, road favorites of at least seven a single week in the last four decades. Um, wow. That would be impressive. Well, you know what that is? You know what that means. I mean, that means that the sports books are going to be hung out on all these money line parlays. We didn't get a lot of that last week. If you look at last Sunday, there there was very tight point spreads across the board, and the the money line parlay action wasn't really there because there weren't that many big favorites for the public to parlay together. This week, very different. Minnesota, Arizona, Tampa Bay, the Colts, the Chiefs, the Eagles, maybe even the Rams. I don't know about that. But there's a lot of favorites for the public to throw into parlays, and we're going to be just – inundated with these money line parlays. We're going to need one of these underdogs to win outright. We've seen road teams dominate uh, ATS this year. Now, it's, is it predictive? Who knows? 57% is the cover uh, uh, win percentage or whatever you want to ATS win percentage uh, this season. But I, I feel like we've been talking about road teams the last couple of years just because everyone reacts to the home team. Um, just kind of that old school thought, like, oh, they're going to play better at home. I just feel like the road teams have sense of urgency sometimes. Um and you're getting value, and the, the home sort of situation has been inflated in the point spread. And I, I agree with you, but I also think equally important is the home field advantage is really disappearing in the NFL. Not at every single, not at every team, but there's a lot of teams that don't really have a home field advantage. Uh, I don't, you know, that I'm from the Washington, D.C. area. I don't think that the, the Washington has much of a home field advantage. I don't think the teams in Los Angeles, where you're from, have a home field advantage. And I could list a whole bunch of a whole bunch of teams across the league. They really, it doesn't make a huge difference. It doesn't make a significant difference if they're playing at home. Well, and some of it is just the travel, because a lot of it's just not necessarily crowd noise, but it's adjustment of, you know, just travel and the, whatever. Um, but the, the travel conditions so much better as well, right? Private planes, nutritionists, all that stuff, the advancement in technology and advancement in, in, in health, and, you know, nutrition is certainly leveled that playing field as well. And then the communication, once you get to the technology component, once the games arrive. So that's part of it. But let's let's break down some of these games. You know, we talked about Kamara being out for the Saints. Vikings might be shorthanded in Detroit. Detroit hasn't been that terrible against the spread, even though they're winless on the season. So uh, I lean Detroit here, plus the full seven. Uh, it was a weird game the last time. Vikings won, but they were dominating the whole game until the final few minutes. Detroit almost won that game after a fumble by Madison, who might play with the Dalvin Cook injury. Any sharp or anything here? Detroit d- does not have a win, but you should mention they do have a tie. Don't yes. forget about that. No, that's, why I said winless. that's why I said winless. That, 
I just like to wedge in the references to ties wherever <laughs> I see an opportunity. Uh, yeah, there there has been a little bit of sharp money on the under under forty seven and a half from a very respected account here, and we're down to forty six and a half. The side right now, actually, surprisingly enough. Uh, there's a fair amount of money on Detroit. They were taking seven and a half with Detroit. Now, by the time we get to Sunday, we'll need Detroit big because the public is all going to bet on Minnesota. But right now, they're early in the week. There has been some money on the Lions, and there's definitely some sharp money on the under in this game. And you're right. Uh, the first matchup between these two teams, the Vikings were just coasting the whole game, and all of a sudden they found themselves behind. They rallied for a late field goal to win the game. But Minnesota, the best thing they can do is when they get a lead is just keep pressing. Because their aerial attack is really one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, for we some saw that against reason, the Packers they, a couple they, weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, for some reason, they get these leads, and Mike Zimmer starts clock-watching and takes his foot off the gas, and in a, in a number of cases, he's blown these games. He didn't blow that game against the Lions that week, but he's blown other games, and he's going to do it again. Just let their offense keep scoring. You've got great receivers. You've got a quarterback playing at a high level, but he just doesn't do that. 10 of 11 of their game, 10 of their 11 games have been decided by one score, and you get the full seven. Here's the dog. Is it productive? Maybe. I mean, we talked about Zimmer shooting himself in the foot, getting too conservative with the lead. They've held leads, I believe, in all those games. It's just truly remarkable. Interesting you say on the under. I actually lean that way, too. But Vikings games have all been shootouts on the road, and then home, they've been going under, except for that Packers game a couple weekends. But obviously, that's. You know, just a little bit of a trend in this season. So let's go to another similar spread. Arizona now up to 7.5. We're expecting Kyler Murray to return as the birds fly to Soldier Field. This Chicago team, not exactly... <coughs> Sorry about that. This Chicago team, not exactly uh, a potent team, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with Murray back after they go 2-1 and one without him. We definitely are expecting Kyler Murray in the lineup, as you mentioned. Now, we've, we expected him to play... Uh, in, in the last game as well, and we were wrong about that. But this time, we do expect him to be in the lineup. That's why the number is so high. That's why the Cardinals are a seven and a half point favorite on the road in this game. Action on the under early on uh, bet us down from 46 to 44. Really, not much to report on the side. I mean, you've got your typical money line parlays with Arizona. You've got some teasers with Arizona, but not a whole lot to report on there. Yeah, I, that's a tough line. Um, I do like this Arizona team a lot. I liked how they've played without uh, Murray in those games. They rallied around Colt McCoy. They're uh, perfect against the spread on the road this this year. So I'm going to you know, keep in mind that some teams play better on the road. Now let's go to the next game, another spread of at least seven. Tampa Bay was without a cover on the road this year until they smacked the Giants. And here they are laying 11 against the Falcons on the road. Well, hold on a second. I think that, that Tampa Bay Giants game was at home, but the significant thing was that Brady covered a point spread at night. Right. The Morty Seinfeld right. situation. Right. So I the, apologize. <laughs> I, they, covered, they covered at Indy last weekend because Fournette did not fall At down. Indy, right. So my yeah, apologies. You're, you're Indy correct. was their first. And that, and but man, that, was that, the other, that was the other streak they snapped. You're right. The Morty Seinfeld element. Tampa Bay covering that game really hurt us in the morning. So if all the people want to feel sorry for the bookmakers, that was a... That was a very bad break for us. In this game, we'll need Atlanta big. You know that everybody's going to bet on the Buccaneers. It'll be, I don't want to say it'll be our most one-sided game because the point spread is pretty high. We've got Tampa Bay as an 11-point favorite right now, but we're already seeing all the bets and all the, all the tickets are on the Bucks. We'll need Atlanta. Remember the first game between these two teams, 
in Tampa, Atlanta was covering most of the way, but Matt Ryan threw two pick sixes in the fourth quarter. Right. And Tampa Bay ended up covering a very big point spread, which cost us pretty big in that one. So as long as Matt Ryan doesn't throw two interception returns for touchdowns in the second half of this game, um, hopefully Atlanta can cover the spread. Yeah. No, that's uh... – that was painful. I was on the Colts. Excuse me. Yeah, I was on the Colts, and I had some I have some Colts futures to win the AFC at thirty to one. So I was hoping to steal a win there. So that was a pretty painful game. We'll keep it moving. Um, this is another. Well, this is approaching seven at some shops. Philly at the Jets. There was some question with whether Hertz would play, but he is getting the start. So uh, the Jets are the Jets, but the Eagles kind of laid an egg. Not kind of. They did lay an egg against the Giants last week. That busted some people up. What do you think about this game? It busted us up. Let me tell you that we had uh, we had some big bets on the New York Giants at the Superbook in New Jersey. They were hammering us on the Giants. Our lead NFL bookmaker Ed Sammons is a shameless Philadelphia Eagles homer. He said not to worry about it. And then we had to go and sit there and watch Jalen Hurts do whatever it is that he did on Sunday. If you want to call that playing quarterback, okay, that's fine. Hurts expected to play this week, and this line has moved from six and a half to seven off of some sharp money on Philadelphia. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, you know, the sharp guys around Philadelphia, like every week, every we week? talked about this a few times on the show. Every week, the Eagles really let us down last Sunday morning. And uh, here we'll see how they do here. But I know Ed, Ed is going to, Ed's going to position us to need the, uh, to need the Eagles like he always does. So I guess go Eagles. Well, if you guys are going to be, uh, you know, <laughs> Continue to ride yeah. the Eagles. You're well, going to need them, so go Eagles, right? Yeah, the, you guys. The, Giants, the, Giants, the Giants really hammered us. They hammered us. Uh, actually, we had some big money at the Superbook in Colorado as well. I'm not even sure why. But really? It was really in New Jersey where we got hit on the Giants and uh, didn't do well. A lot of finger-pointing after that Philadelphia-New mm. York game. I like the inner office finger-pointing. I, li- yeah. I like those. Uh, those, <laughs> those. A lot uh, of hard feelings. <laughs> a lot of hard feelings after that one. Um, yeah. Indy, Indy minus 10 at Houston. Now this Colts team has bounced back. Texans a little bit more frisky, not even, you know, a little more, a lot more fr- frisky or friskier yeah. with Tyrod Taylor quarterback. The, uh, Davis Mills is pretty weak. And so you have 10 points. I'd, I'd lean to the home team here. Well, there's no doubt with Taylor in their quarterback, Houston is actually a competent team. They're not a good team, obviously, but they're, they're competent. They can somewhat move the ball up and down the field. Davis Mills was not an NFL player. He shouldn't have been out there. We got, we had guys laying us this number. We had this number more like seven, seven and a half. And we got, they were laying that number. We had a sharp guy lay nine and we went straight to to 10. So we've got Indianapolis a 10-point favor right now. Very lopsided ticket count. And this is from public bettors and sharp bettors on the Colts. So right now, we, we definitely need Houston pretty big. And we mentioned how Philadelphia is a team that's seen a lot of sharp money this season. Indianapolis is right there with them. Yeah. I feel like we see our, some of our sharper customers across the country betting on the Colts almost every week, and this week is no different. Colts are a team that the wise guys really like and think they're underrated. They are. That's because they are. Their defense is top notch. They're obviously Taylor's been solid, and Carson offensive Wentz, line. Yeah, their offensive line they is have great. An outstanding offensive line. Yeah, Wentz is just so painful sometimes. But it's not just all him. I mean, we can blame. It's, that's the low hanging fruit. Sometimes he's the one to blame for sure, but not all the time. And Tampa just made the plays, and that's why they're among the Super Bowl betting favorites, if not the betting favorite at every book. Okay, other games of interest. Chiefs, a little bit of a comeback, a rise the last handful of weeks. They're laying 10, some nine and a halfs out there 
at home to Denver. I'm gonna I'm looking to fade this Kansas City team, but I'm just not sure this is the spot to do it. Although Teddy Bridgewater is that covering machine in the underdog role. I'm not sold the Chiefs are fully back. Uh, they've turned things around, yes, because they're not losing every game like they were for a stretch, but they're just not, they don't remind me of the peak Chiefs when Mahomes is winning MVP and just, they seem to still have some issues. Even on offense, they don't seem as sharp as they once were. I agree with you. And I, I made a comment uh, this past weekend that, it says a lot about how poor the Week 13 slate is if this is the game they're flexing into the Sunday night game. This Denver-Kansas City game is being flexed into Sunday night football. Uh, we'll need Denver here. Uh, Denver is a team that the public really hasn't been behind much this season. In fact, last week our biggest win was on Denver because everybody bet the Chargers against them. Yeah, they're not a team a the public number. looks. Yeah, they're not a team the public looks to back. They don't have much offensively to speak of, and, and a lot of the parlays and teasers are going to roll into Kansas City given this time slot. So Denver will be one of our biggest needs of the week in the Sunday night game. We'll definitely need them to cover. We'll probably need them to win to make a, profit, to make a good profit on the game. When you look at all these favorites, like we talked about earlier on the show, all these favorites that win are going to roll into, roll into Kansas City money line, and it's going to put us in a tough position there unless the Broncos can win the game. Unless some of these favorites lose early in the day, right? Or right. even tonight. Because a lot of this stuff is going to start with Dallas on Thursday night. Correct. Correct. Uh, and there's no, like, college game to parlay it with. I mean, you got NBA and college hoops, but... Oh, they the will. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll throw in some of those favorites. Uh, they're, they're, you know, we got tomorrow. the conference championship games yeah. this week. You know, you, you, Michigan, I think, definitely will be in money lines. I don't know that people will have the, the gumption to throw Georgia money line in their parlays. Hmm. Now, I mean, I, I know that Georgia looks great, but do you really want to do you really want to make a living throwing in like a minus two fifty against Alabama? Yeah, it's just I not necessary. By I the way, ninety two, I believe, ninety two straight games, Alabama's been a favorite, and this streak will come to an end. And it was uh, against it was against Georgia. I remember betting on Alabama in that game. They were like plus two. two and a half, three. One. I think it was one. Georgia. Oh, was it that low? They, I remember they smashed them too. Uh, yeah, I believe it was I right after Bama them. had lost to Ole Miss. Um, it was in 15. Yeah. Was it that low? Maybe yeah. I, you know what? Maybe, maybe it closed that. Story to, maybe it closed Maybe that. when I tell the story to people, I lie to them and say I got plus three to make myself sound smarter. And maybe <laughs> it really was more like plus one. That's yeah, I think happened. it was like between two and one. But anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think you could see some parlays for sure. Uh, obviously, you, you just said that, so I think you're right. Um, okay. This game is intriguing because it's the story, you know, rivalry, or at least in the last 15 years, 20 years, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I don't know who to trust. Baltimore doesn't win when they're supposed to, and they win when they're not supposed to. Pittsburgh, kind of the same thing, much better as an underdog. Steelers, since the start of the 2018 year, 16-5-1 ATS as a dog. So they definitely bow, they, they take care of business, although last week they got everything handed to them on a silver platter in the underdog role getting smoked in Cincinnati, four and a half, kind of that dead zone number. Kind of shocked by that game, to tell you the truth. We saw sharp players taking four and a half and four on the Steelers, and the Bengals just demolished them. You know, it was, it was a complete uh, boat race there from Cincinnati. This week, everybody's on Baltimore, very one-sided ticket account, one of the most one-sided ticket accounts in the afternoon here at the Superbook. We'll need Pittsburgh pretty big. Pittsburgh obviously not playing well, but uh, Lamar Jackson was awful on Sunday Night Football. That was a tough game to watch 
with Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield both just totally incompetent out there. So uh, Baltimore is definitely going to need more out of Lamar Jackson if they're going to go in there on the road and, and cover this number. Uh, the books are going to be pretty big Steelers fans in this game. Really? So you think they're going to books, even though that's a more popular I mean, look at, fan base? Look at the time slot. Just look at that time slot, that 125, 125 local. It's a very weak afternoon. San Francisco, Seattle. The other, the other game, San Francisco, Seattle. We're going to need Seattle huge. But there's not a lot of high-profile games in the afternoon. Not, nothing like last week when we had all those really good afternoon games. This week, pretty weak afternoon slate. And I think the betters are going to back Baltimore. And, and they're going to back San Francisco big time. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. All right, let's go to Giants-Miami. Giants off a win, now have to go to South Florida. Dolphins played a lot better lately, kind of like how we anticipated them entering the season. We thought they'd be a lot more competent than they were the first half of the season. Obviously, had to deal with the Tua injury. Jacoby Brissett has looked pretty weak. He even got hurt, I believe, in that Tampa game. Four, I hate laying points with the mammals, but I feel like it's the right side. Uh, Jacoby Brissett looked more than pretty weak. I mean, I know you're uh, you're being nice, but yeah, I got to admit, uh, I... Uh, I got to admit, I didn't think there was a big difference between Tua and Brissett, and I was wrong. I mean, Tua Tua's playing much better recently. He clearly makes that team quite a bit better, so give Tua a little bit of credit there. He's playing pretty well right now. Having said that, we, we did see some sharper players take New York in this game. They took five. They took four and a half. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of money on the Giants here. Uh, keeping an eye on a, a few injury concerns on that on, on the Giants' side. But you're right. Miami is playing better right now. They they look more like the team we expected them to be before the season started. And the Giants, I know they're coming off of a good win last week, but are we sure it wasn't just because Philadelphia kind of gave the game away? That's I how agree. that game felt to me. That's how that game that's felt how, to that's me. That's how I, I looked at that game. Start rewarding I looked at that the game Giants Philadelphia too much. I'm with you. You know, this game's intriguing. I just don't know how much handle you'll have. It's in the morning slot. Cincy at home against Chargers minus three. Really kind of two teams with playoff aspirations. Bengals have been really surprising this year. Chargers, do you think there's, they're kind of overrated just from the eye test by the public? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think so. But uh, like some of their point spreads were probably a little too high, like the Sunday night game against Pittsburgh. But there, there's so much talent on the field there. They, they're, the Chargers are a team that I always expect to do better than they do because I look at their roster at the beginning of the season, I'm like, wow, look at all these guys. And I always think if they can stay healthy that they're going to be one of the better teams in the AFC. And then by the time we get to December, they're playing 500 football like again this year. Right. Uh, I, I, do, I, do think, uh, I, I do think you're going to see sharper players take the Chargers in this game at plus three. Uh, because the sharp guys always bet the Chargers when they're a road underdog, you know that. Uh, right now, we need uh, we need the Chargers pretty big here. A lot of money on the Bengals laying two and two and a half at the Superbook, so we we need the Chargers right now. I just thought it was a little much. A handful of weeks ago, Brandon Staley was the favorite for Coach of the Year. Chargers are getting a little too much hype. I was like, it's still the Chargers. They, they're going to come back to earth a little mm-hmm. bit. And, but that's been with every team. No team has run away with anything. I mean, the MVP is wide open right now in December, which is rarely the case. But there's about seven guys who could win it. So um, maybe it's just a unique season in that. But I, I just thought there's a, we had to pump the brake. I think everyone got excited when he was going for two a bunch in that Browns game. And everyone made the Chargers out to be uh, this, this unbeatable team because they were doing smart things with analytics. A little bit of an overreaction at, at that juncture. I always, thought the, I always thought the Browns got screwed in that game. I, I thought there was a really bad pass interference call. That actually should have been on. They should have called pass interference on the. 
No, I know that, but it was like it was a fourth down, and the Chargers receiver like took down the the Browns defensive back, and they called defensive pass interference. And I mean, I know there's bad pass interference call in every game. I totally agree with that. But this one was such a significant call. I mean, essentially, if the Chargers don't get this fourth down, the game is over. And the Chargers player actually committed the penalty, and they called it on Cleveland. Razor-sharp memory for any bad calls. That's how you roll. And, and ridiculously stupid field goals. That's, uh, yes. those, are my, those are my two things. That's really all I bring to the table, actually. But go, go on. What do you think this Niners <laughs> at Seahawks line closes? <laughs> it, could go, it could definitely go up. Right now we're at three and a half even. Uh, I do see some threes out there. Four seems like a lot, but again, like the time slot we talked about, right. a lot of the stuff early in the day is going to roll into the game here. They're going to roll into San Francisco. Seattle, from what I saw on Monday night, Russell Wilson should not be playing right now. He was awful in that game. I thought Seattle was going to go into Washington and win that game. And, and Wilson was missing easy throws. Shocking to watch. So I, I don't, at this point, you've got to think maybe Russell Wilson's not healthy enough to be playing. And I can tell you that it's already setting up to be our, maybe our most one-sided tick account of the week. Everybody's on the 49ers here. The 49ers are playing better. They're on a three-game winning streak. They're back into playoff contention. And I, I like the play-calling rhythm they're in. I don't think much of Jimmy Garoppolo, but I, I do like Kyle Shanahan quite a bit. Yeah, they've been on a roll, and the Seattle team has just been putrid offensively. Three straight unders, three straight losses. They've just been so shaky at home and to your point it's it's russell wilson missing like wide open throws and really kind of a head scratcher in that regard who would have thought their best performance the last month would be when geno smith led him at home to the jaguars went over the jaguars who would have thought uh jacksonville rams real quick before we get to the big monday nighter rams laying nearly two touchdowns here i i don't know what to think with these rams i mean they've been getting smoked in big games Keep thinking they're going to turn around three straight losses and five straight ATS losses. I'm just not – I'm a little worried. A little worried about this Rams team that I had high expectations for. Well, I think we all did. I mean, this is a team that three weeks ago was 7-1, and one, and they were going out. They were hiring. They were acquiring uh, high-profile players, and it looked like they were shoving all their chips into the middle to make a run of the Super Bowl this season, which I believe they're hosting the Super Bowl like Tampa Bay did last yes. year. So yes. it's been shocking to see the last month for the Rams. And, and what it looks like to me watching them defensively is this is what happens when you trade away all your draft picks. The depth isn't there. The young players, they're not there because they've traded away their draft picks now for years. And they've acquired all these big-name stars, and, and they've got a lot of talent on that roster. I'm not really being critical of that. But there's, no, there's very little depth there because they're not drafting players that are inexpensive players on rookie contracts, and it's starting to catch up to them. And, and, and unless they turn things around very quickly, it's really hard to picture them making a deep run in the playoffs because there's so many good teams in the NFC this year. Yeah, that's the, been the issue. It's like whoever can get that one seed going on the road and three straight wins is in, in the NFC playoffs is not like unheard of. Obviously, the Bucks did it last year, but it's such a top-heavy conference. You just felt that yeah. the Rams would, would take care of their part, but they're just not doing it. I think it. it's it, much, much, much more difficult than last season. Uh, you know, last season, very little fan presence at the games, basically playing all the games on neutral fields. And the and, Bucks got to go to I, Washington I just, with a third-string quarterback yeah. to start things off. And then they, 
you know, really should have lost the Saints Breeze, game. Breeze wasn't healthy. And, and Breeze, Breeze was at the end of his rope in that game. And I think Green Bay could have won that game with some different decisions in terms of field goal kicking. And, sure. and uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying Tampa Bay got lucky. Tampa Bay played great, and then they crushed Kansas City. So don't, don't think that's what I'm saying. I just think that the NFC is a lot tougher this year, and I think the playoffs are going to be a lot different this year with the fans back in the, in the buildings. I, I don't see it. The Rams really need to get the ship righted quickly because it's, it's very hard to picture them winning three consecutive road playoff games. Yeah, and, and I expect them to win at least this week, and we'll see if they cover the 13, 13 and a half. Let's go to the big Monday nighter. Such intrigue in this game. I really like Buffalo. Look, the Patriots over the years, and including this year, one of their kind of signatures is that they do not have flat spots. They do not have letdown spots. They are robotic. You know what you're getting every week, so they've been beat, they beat up on bad teams, like the quick turnaround with the uh, Thursday night game. They came to play, ready to rock Atlanta, smoked them. They've beat up on these other bad teams. Now, the Chargers win was nice. Don't get me wrong. That was a nice three-point win against the Chargers. But aside from that, it's kind of like beating up on Tennessee without Brown and without Derrick Henry is a bad team, or at least a mediocre team. And they had some big plays. That game was a lot closer. It's just the Patriots forced fumble. So they've been on a nice run. Six straight wins and covers. I just think Buffalo, the spot, everything about this game, I like Buffalo minus a two and a half here. Well, now you're going to be nervous because I completely agree with you. You know, I, I think New England is absolutely a square dog in this game. Uh, the money is all on New England. It. Now, it's a little unfair. I don't want to quote our ticket, ticket count numbers and money numbers because it would be a little misleading to the listeners because we are dealing this game at a higher number. We're dealing this game at Buffalo minus three, even money, whereas most of the books in Nevada have two and a half. So, therefore, of mm. course, our ticket count numbers – are going to skew that way because we're booking the game that way. And I think that's an important thing for people to understand when they look at these ticket count numbers. People overreact sometimes because, of course, of course we're going to have more tickets on New England maybe than another book is because we're dealing a better number if you're a Patriots better and the customers are getting savvier and they know more about shopping for lines. But the bottom line is New England, I think, is a square dog in this game. And I, I agree with you. I like Buffalo, and the book is going to need Buffalo. should be an awesome game. And, and talk about a game that's going to go a long way to determining home field advantage in the AFC. Uh, really probably the best Monday night game of the year, I would think. Well, just a quick thing. Mac Jones on the road, not as strong. His QBR 15 points lower. And in five games, I want to say, three touchdowns, three picks. So not great numbers. The defense has been the calling card all year for them. But just want to mention that. Where do you think the Sharps will weigh in? You said you'll need Buffalo. Where do you think the Sharps will weigh in, I should say? Well, they've they've hammered the under, and I, I think that's mm. probably because of weather concerns in Buffalo Snow, more so maybe, than anything right? else. But the, the total, yes, the total's gone all the way from forty six to forty two and a half. Now, that doesn't mean that you should go chase that and bet under forty two and a half. These guys were betting us at forty six and forty five, but a lot of sharp money on the under in this game. We'll see if they if they look to play Buffalo, but they're not going to play them here with our book because we've got Buffalo minus three, and it's pretty easy to get a two and a half out there. Now, there's some cheap money lines. I've seen $1.40. Uh, that's pretty enticing, all things considered, uh, on that one. So we're on the same page there, perhaps. We'll Notre Davis White. Uh, yes. Mind. No, I'm sorry. Stud corner. Uh, Notre Davis White for Buffalo. He is out for the season. That is a big loss for Buffalo. That's a big loss for them. Their defense looked so good on Thursday. He, he's a big loss for them. For sure. All right, let's hit the bonanza. It's time for Baby Bankroll Bonanza. All right, Murray, definitely slipping here, down a lot. My teaser with the Cowboys and Patriots did not get there. You know, that some of those PIs, whatever. 
Uh, you're still plus 850 <laughs> for the season, so I need to make a move here. Um, hmm. Might have to go for a middle to get back in the swing of things. I don't know if chipping away this this big of a deficit is good for uh, is a good plan or a, a you know plausible plan plan. But you're on the tee box first. What are you gonna go with? Uh, you know, we just talked about the game, but I, I like Buffalo, uh, and I see that uh, our friends at the South Point, Jimmy and Vinny and Chris and those guys, they have the game at two and a half. So give me Buffalo minus two and a half. Uh, I'll do that one for two thousand. I haven't been doing well lately. You know, my, my picks lately have been have been have been suffering too. So yeah. don't don't beat yourself up too much. I, I've been I, I've been pretty lousy in the NFL the last few weeks, but I do like Buffalo in this spot. I do think they're going to win this game. So give me uh, give me the Bills. So I'm going to do the same thing. We're going for a middle here. I'm going to put four thousand on the Bills, but I'm going to try to play back and try to really get back in the swing of things and 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 fiddle in the middle here. I think the last time New England played Buffalo in Buffalo on a Monday night, you had a middle in the Bonanza. Or like you, you had played New England, and yep. they were they were down the whole way, and then they had a late pick six. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I remember I remember watching that game at a bar with some guys that were on Buffalo, and they looked like they were about to cry. It was just, <laughs> and I I had money on Buffalo. I was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, uh, that was a big uh, Buffalo was big, playing big a quarterback. The, I think that hadn't played in five years or something like that. It was so limited. It was, it was something like, Matt, like that. It was like the, Matt Barkley. And or the someone. books needed the books needed Buffalo so big, and it was just like you got to be kidding me. I can only imagine what the reaction was like in the book after that pick six. It might have been Peterman. It might have been Peterman, but we <laughs> we're not really one hundred percent sure. One can so hope. That's one all I got. Hope. That's all I got. We're going for it. We're going for it in week thirteen, my friend. And we're doing nothing on Sunday, so there's nothing. We, you can just skip the whole day Sunday. We're playing the Bills Monday. Forget about Sunday. No need to watch. We'll see. We'll see if some of these line moves to a favorable spot. <laughs> nothing jumps out to me. Um, again, like what was what was I most most sold on? What Houston plus ten here at home? I can't. I can't do that. Um, no, I I, I like I'm the, not. I, I think I the Lions uh, plus seven would probably be my other play. I feel like if you bet Houston, the first time you looked, Indianapolis would be up fourteen to nothing. Yes. And you just say to yourself, "Why did I put myself through this?" You're relegated that to the back a poor door. Decision. Poor decision. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll get involved in the Lions. Maybe maybe that's going to be one thing for them to. But I've been shaky. My picks on the chalk page have been bad. Um, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's the NFL. It's a long season. You can't you can't get too down on yourself, man. I mean, this is like uh, looking at like a, you can't get. You don't want to get too high or too low here in the NFL. It feels, it feels like it's a long slog. I, mean, I feel like we've been doing this for a long time, and it's only week 13. Long way to go. Yeah, I was thinking about a teaser with the Cardinals and someone, maybe the, the Eagles. I don't know. We'll see. All right, my friend. Great stuff as always. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch you back here next week. All right, buddy. Thanks. This has been Baby Bankroll Bonanza. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Daily Wager Extra. Uh, don't forget, Daily Wager regular pod, Monday through Friday, 10 minutes or less, posts every morning, 9 a.m.-ish Pacific, a little bit after that. And then we have the extras and the overtime pods, Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday night or Monday morning. Last week we did Monday morning because of the holiday as well. So uh, we have a lot of content out there. College football is moving along. Got championship week uh, this week with a lot of the conference title games starting tomorrow. Got one in Vegas as well. Pac-12 is here. So a lot of content. Of course, we're back on linear TV as well. Back from vacation last night, 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. We're continuing through the weekend, and we are back on Fridays as well. 